The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hi guys, Maca19 here and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. Joining me this evening, Fishing Rick. How are you, buddy? Mate, how are you going? We're back again. Footy's back again. Yeah, you beauty. I'm watching. I'm watching the <laughs> fake black and white on TV at the moment. The fake black and white. That's it. Yes. How exciting. How exciting. This is. Uh, this is great. Footy's back. It is back. Showdown week. Prison how bars. Long's back? Oh. How long's it back for? Who knows? But uh, I'll take it. Even if it's just one <laughs> week. Who cares? How, how did you survive the uh, this whole time with no footy? Oh, look, lots of lots and lots of work and lots and lots of tears, mate. That's uh, you know watching old replays. That uh, that does help. Did you really? Yeah. What was your favourite replay game? Wow. Probably the one that I watched would be the '88 Grand Final. That was the '88 Grand Final. Yeah, that was pretty good. Is that on YouTube? No, I've got the DVD of it, so... Okay. Yeah. Probably is on YouTube, though, but, yeah. Yeah. That was good the fun. 88, 88 GF. God, that's bringing back memories. That is. I didn't mind the 94 GF. Well, that was good. That's a good game. Do you, do you know, that's how I started Big Footy back in 2007. I was Googling how to find old games of Port Adelaide. Okay. And I came across bloody a post or came across Big Footy, and that was one of my, I think that might have almost been my first post. Fair enough. How, how could I find, because there wasn't as many games on YouTube, content on YouTube back then yep. as there is now. So, uh, yeah, but 2007, almost as, not as long as you though, Maka. What were you, 2001 or something? 2001, yep. Far almost, out. Almost 20 years. 19 years. Crazy. Crazy. How does that work? That's a long time. Yeah. Very long time. <clears throat> Isn't it? it but is. it's good to be back. I um I was getting a bit disillusioned. Yep. I was actually uh using my time purposefully instead of watching sport. So I don't know I don't know if that's good or bad. It's uh it's probably a good thing, to be honest. <laughs> I was, you know, I was outdoors, Get some things appreciating done. the sunshine, doing yep. some gardening, yep. walking around, all the good stuff, spending time with my family, doing a bit of extra work. Now, uh, now all that will collapse back into watching NBA and AFL again. That's it. Well, let's get into it. And uh, you mentioned the fake magpies, so we might as well talk about the prison bars. Obviously, we're playing in the prison bars this week. Um, it's the 150th year anniversary of the club. Um, and over the break, it's come out that we are pushing um, to wear the prison bars more often uh, on a yearly good. basis against the Crows. So that is a very good thing. Yeah, it's a great thing. I mean, I would still love us to be able to just wear the Guernsey anytime we like. Full time would be good. Be but, uh, look, I'd take once a year. I'd take twice a year. Mate. It's the most farcical thing in professional sport. I mean, does Manchester United own colours or tones? Or Juventus? Or uh, any NBA side? No other professional sporting team or organisation dictates colours and the ownership of colours or tones, mm. denying any other team from wearing it. It is the most stupid, ridiculous and it's just the symbolism of the bias and hypocrisy of the AFL slash VFL competition, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. And I get the, the no-clash conflict at away games, you know, but who cares? I mean, yeah, you don't have magpies. You can't have two teams with the same nickname. That's just crazy. But, yep. um, but so good on the club coming out, and I'm sure it's just a tread slowly sort of thing but it doesn't really matter you know eddie's going to come out and uh, have his dummy spit regardless of what you ask for isn't he so yeah well it's um, just good it was that good they've taken see. another step towards um getting what they want which is good yeah and 
And look, it's it's what we should be wearing. It's our it's it's our Guernsey. It's our history, and you know we should have the choice. And I liked how the club got Mike Sheen to come out and do a puff piece and uh, and say that he thought it was the the best Guernsey in Australia. Yeah. And we know that Dennis Cometti's come out and said something similar before. Um, yeah. And so uh, I guess if we can continue to have uh, a media push through uh you know through the channels hopefully uh it will just come a time where we can do what we rightfully want to do with uh, our uniform that's it but it's great so are you are you going to the game on saturday mate i am going to the game are you going to the game i am fortunate enough to be going to the game (laughs) are you going to wear a prison bar guernsey you know it you know it yeah There'll be prison bars there. Yeah, I, do you think it's going to be um, a pretty unique experience, isn't it, for the people that are able, fortunate enough to go? It's almost like the first game at Adelaide Oval, in a way, isn't it? It is. It's um, it, but oh, but with less people. Yes, absolutely. It, look, it's going to look like a port crowd from 2011, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> but it's. I don't know. I, I'm getting like tingles thinking about it. Like it's it's an odd feeling. I don't know if it's just because it's you know it could be the only time I go to the football this year. Who knows what's going to happen there? Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But it's that's sort of almost like grand finalish uh, sort of feeling that I'm getting. Like oh, this is this is great. This is like a once in a lifetime sort of thing. I think, yeah, I feel like it's a once-in-a-lifetime sort of thing. It, you know, you, you'll be able to say that um, you went to the uh, the COVID showdown. Yeah. You know, COVID showdown. And only, and only 2,000 people were in attendance. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it, will, it, will be a, it will be a good suburban sort of atmosphere. I guess uh, I noticed now the tarps are out at the MCG. I mean, I, I expect the 400 crow supporters to be in full voice if there's uh, some tarps floating around on some seats or something. <laughs> I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. <laughs> well, look, look, at least we'll have uh, another use for them this week, so that's good. Yeah, and I guess going back to the prison bars, I think it's great that um, we get some supporters at the game to be able to recognise... The prison bar Guernsey this year, instead yep. of in front of an empty stadium, Absolutely. which would have been an injustice. And I, I guess would you would have, have expected, would you have hoped that the club maybe didn't wear the Guernsey if there was no supporters at the ground no. and waited? No, I think they just... they should have just done it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough one. You know, I was sort of talking to someone the other day, and it's like, yeah, you know, if you if they allowed only a hundred people in the ground, do you even bother? You know, because like the amount of people that would be felt disadvantaged for not being able to go, um, is it even worth like sort of pissing that many people off just for eighty people to get into the ground? Yeah. So, um, yeah, but at least two thousand, and at least like in this in this way, we can almost cycle through most of the fully paid members to get an opportunity to go to at least one game this year. Yeah. yeah, of the 11 game members. So uh, you'd be pretty unlucky if you didn't get allocated. And hopefully the crowd numbers will increase as the season continues on. Absolutely. You know, maybe next time it'll be 5,000 that get to go or 10,000. So, you know, it's a, it's a good step. It's great for the people that have got tickets. Um, it's a shame for those that have to miss out. But um, as we said, there should hopefully be other opportunities to get to a game this year. Uh, and hopefully... Yeah, a lot of those fully paid up members get to um, get to experience some live football this season. Yeah, and I hope uh, I hope that everyone that misses out, yeah, just bides their time and uh, doesn't get too angry with the club. I mean, it's not an easy position that they're in, really, is it? You know, no, it's, nothing uh, that they can really do about it, is there? How do you how do you choose? How do you allocate? <clears throat> nah, nah. It's uh, does COVID even exist, Macca? Are we COVID free? <laughs> Uh, yes, it absolutely exists. Are we COVID-free? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not, but uh hasn't been a case here for a while, so that's, uh, that's only a good thing. Us. What about Theo Dropkick Dropolis? Is, is he COVID-free? Free? Theo Dickhead? Uh, hopefully not. No. 
I shouldn't really <laughs> say that, but um, speaking of which, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the, I guess, the bombshell of this week, and that's uh, Ollie Wines getting suspended for an interview um, because he had the Out, uh, interviewee outside. in the outside his house, and the cameraman was there, and uh, apparently that's not good enough, and he's been suspended just like uh, an Essendon player has as well for something a bit different, but. Um, I don't know. What did, they, what did uh, they do? I haven't heard of this one. Uh, he self-reported something. I haven't fully caught up with that story. I just know that um, Zerk Thatcher got suspended for a week as well for COVID-related uh. issues. Um, but, you know, the the stupid thing is, like, look, he broke the rules. We all know that. He broke the rule. Like, how stupid can you be? And this is all on Ollie Wines. It is 100% on Ollie Wines, once again, um, for putting himself in a stupid situation where he gets suspended. Um, but, you know, what's worse? You know, someone having an interview out the front of his house or, you know, half a team covertly training together in the middle of the COVID crisis um, and not getting any suspension at all. Like, it's a bit ridiculous. It's crazily ridiculous and I mean the guy did the interview outside the house and what about the national sports broadcaster having some accountability for enticing someone to do an interview in the first place well if uh, if the rumours are to and be believed they, and then on their news broadcast tonight don't even hey if the rumours are to be believed then Theodoropoulos was uh, scouring the uh, social um social media of all the port players and reporting back to the AFL that whether anything was reportable. <laughs> really? That's the rumour. Oh, God. Of course, Theo, Theo Deropoulos, the, uh, the Channel but, 7 uh, reporter and who's also a Crows sympathiser and is their, is their um, a ground announcer um, at Adelaide Oval. But... Uh, so, but basically, he could have, um, he could, Ollie could have met Theo at the Raj Montage <clears throat> on Unley Road for Sodos and um, had some fish and chips mm-hmm. and uh, sat one and a half metres away from each other and had an interview. And there wouldn't have been a problem with that. Yeah. But it was at his house and they're not it, allowed to have anyone else over is, their house. No, no, it's pretty. I just think it's pretty ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I said on Ollie. I uh, I just think it, it's completely stupid, and I'm with you. I mean, how can how can you have a covert off training operation of you know ten people and that's okay and don't get uh, don't get banned, but um, one player, yeah, it's just it's just crazy. And I I mean, I don't know. It's just what's the world coming to? It's just. You're breaking up a bit there, Rick. But luckily, he wasn't going to be playing anyway, according to... Tr- I, thought I saw you that. I saw up. that. I did see Treader's uh, tweet uh, that said that he wasn't going to be selected anyway. So that's that's almost a bigger bombshell in itself. So what's where's where's Ollie at? Is he well, out? Well, I'm, he's obviously at the crossroads of his career at the moment, isn't it? So... Yeah, you know, he was captain of the club last year, and now he's um, apparently not being selected for round two. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I feel like it's a big call. I think he's on a massive outer. Well, I guess it depends if he's made it known if he's leaving or not. I don't know, but that's the big question. Well, take the suspension out of it. Surely he would have been in best twenty-two if um, if he was a fit and available to play. Yeah. You would think he would be best 22, but who knows? Maybe his training form has been terrible. Who knows? They can only go by training and fitness levels and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Well, you're a man. uh, You're in the man of the know. What do you reckon? What's going on? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, I think he's probably going to leave at the end of the year, but uh, whether that means he's, um, I don't know, whether that means he's... He shouldn't be playing or should be playing. I think he should still be playing. But, uh, 
don't know. As I said, maybe it's just his form, just his training, his training track form. Maybe his fitness levels are down on what they should be, and this is just sort of the club saying, "Hey, wake up." Well, I, I would hope we'd still play him if that's the case, because I mean. You know, we want to try and get the most value for him at the trade table, right? I Absolutely. mean, if we don't play him and he just wilters away in the, in the background, well, you know, we're going to be lucky to get a, a second half first round pick for him. But if he's a starting 22, 30 possession a game, you know, 10 plus clearances player, well, you think we'd be getting a, you know, maybe a top 10, top six pick for him, surely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, something the club has to work out. But I guess we've got plenty of inside mids too, don't we? With Travis, Dan Houston now. Yeah. uh, Rockliffe, SPP. um, Yeah, and I guess I can see that's a reason why he might be on the outer and come at the year's end. So, anyway, it's an exciting time. It is. And, look, let's talk about this week's game. It is the COVID showdown. This Saturday night at Adelaide Oval, it's going to be the 48th showdown. Adelaide's leading the record 24-23 to at the moment. Uh, last time we met, Port kept Adelaide to their lowest ever showdown score to win by 57 points, 15-11 to 5 goals, 14. Uh, the showdown king, Robbie Gray, scored the three Brownlow votes with a 35 disposal, 10 clearance performance and got his fifth showdown medal as well. Uh, it's a bit of a new look, Adelaide, this year. New coach, who we know well in Matthew Nix. they got a new game style, also which we know well, which we'll talk about in a moment. And uh, after some big changes to their playing list in the off-season, they've got a, a bit of a newish look uh, team as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Crows this year, buddy? I wasn't expecting much. Um, and and then I was talking about it with someone uh, earlier this week, you know, and I thought, well, maybe the the extra break might help them um, with a younger sort of team and a developing team. But then outside of their illegal uh, pursuits of training, you know, I guess they haven't really been able to train as a team. So any advantage probably would be diminished, I I would assume. So, Mm. um, you know, I, uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting too much. I was expecting maybe a bottom four and uh, I'm probably a little bit disappointed. They, uh, they dropped Billy Frampton more than anything. (laughs) Yeah, I was looking forward to uh, yelling out to him at the game, but uh, who knows, he might come back in. Um, but yes, they've uh, they've made some changes. Look, I watched their round one game against Sydney, and uh, you know they weren't overly impressive, even though they only lost by a couple of points in the end. But um, the game was lost for them in the midfield. They were absolutely obliterated by the Swans, uh, especially at the stoppages. Uh, 46, 46 clearances to 25. Uh, meant that Adelaide were always behind the eight ball and, and having to win the ball back in their defensive half. And uh, once getting the ball forward, they were able to keep it in their forward line pretty well. Uh, but it's hard to win games when your midfield's getting obliterated like that. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not expecting too much from Sydney this year, really, either. They're probably in a bit of a uh, transitionary phase, too. So, yeah, um, yeah they're not... They're not going to be at the pointy end of the season, I would imagine. So mm. that sort of says something as well. But um, yeah, who knows? It's yeah, the tough one. I know it's Bryce Gribbs. Gribbs, Gibbs, Gribbs. one of your favourites. They've dropped him as well. I know he's uh, been omitted once again. And uh, talk about players at the crossroads and uh, what's happening in their career. That uh, you know he's he could be finished. Uh, he was terrible mm. against the Swans. He was absolutely terrible. And we'll go through the changes now. Um, for the Crows, uh, Ben Davis, Billy Frampton, Bryce Gibbs and Tyson Stengel are out. Stengel suspended uh, for drink driving, of course. Uh, in comes Ben Crocker, formerly of Collingwood. His first game for the club. Ben Keyes, formerly of Brisbane. His first game for the club. Ned McHenry, his uh, actual first game in, at uh, AFL level. And Tom Duda is back from his knee injury. And uh, for Port, Charlie Dixon in, which is great. Riley Bonner back in after being injured in round one. Uh, Jared Lana out, omitted, and Mitch Georgiades out, injured with a calf, uh, which is a shame. Mm. Bummer. Like big Mitch. bummer. Big bummer. I would have liked to have seen Mitch out there, but uh, to have big Charlie back is, uh, is a good thing, I think. Well, he tore the preseason apart, Charlie, didn't he? He looked fantastic. He looks fit. And so, firing and ready to go, so that's good. So it was a bit disappointing when because uh, he didn't play. In, my memory's already gone, he, but he didn't play in round one, did he? He no. was out because of he the uh, abductor strain. So yeah. um, 
yeah, so, I mean, hopefully he still continues that pre-season form and uh, he'll be an exciting beast to watch on Saturday night. One can only hope. Um, look, it's a can new game style. Can we play Marshall, Dixon? Can we play all three of those players on the same side, you reckon? Of course. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, look, the good thing is that, you know, Georgiades is out, which is a shame, but Charlie comes back, and we've still got three key forwards out there in Dixon, Marshall, and Westhoff. Um, and look, for the first time in almost forever, I think we're actually almost taller than the Crows um, lining up in this game, which is a first, mm. uh, which is great. Mm. So it means that Westhoff can actually play up forward. He doesn't have to play as a pseudo-defender. Um, and we might be able to stretch them a little bit down down back. Yeah. Well, you'd think so. Um I mean, what, they're all 199-plus centimetre players, so... Mm. And, uh, well, I really hope for Justin's sake this year um, he gets a consistent position and isn't floating around, and I thought he was going to be our Mr. Fullback. Yeah, well, obviously not. We've obviously got Cleary there, we've got Jonas, um, Mackenzie still in the side, so... Um... We don't have anyone tall, though. No, not well. Cleary's probably tall enough. Um, we don't have someone super tall, but uh, the Crows don't have anyone super tall up forward either. So for this particular game, I don't think it's mm. a worry. Um, you know, they've got sort of, uh, you know, Walker's about 193, Fogarty's about 191, I think, Lynch about 190 as well. Um, so they've got a lot of sort of those uh, not quite super tall forwards, but um, yeah, tall enough, I guess. We should be able to match them in the So what were you going to... You were going to say it's a bit of a different game? What, different 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 game game style style for the Crows this year. I was watching their round one game and I thought, oh, this all looks a bit eerily familiar and I was getting sort of shakes and uh, cold sweats and watching them try and play that short, um, you know, possession style, uh, getting it on the runway football that uh, we tried to play in 2018 and uh, and failed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was uh, it was interesting seeing the crows try to play that sort of game style. Yes. Well, that's a that that's sort of for me a bit synonymous of uh, a Matthew Nick sort of game style. Yeah. Well, obviously he, he was brought up in the Sydney system, which was kind of similar, and uh, no doubt uh, having watched uh, the crows in round one, that uh, it might have been Matty Nix that had that idea for us in 2018 as well. Yes. Well, uh, so what are you expecting from us this weekend then, game styles? Longer, direct? Well, I liked what we, saw, what we saw in round one. You know, long, fast, direct, um, get it forward. You know, hopefully we can play a similar sort of style to that uh, against the Crows. And, you know, that's kind of what Sydney did against the Crows in round one as well. You know, they, they moved the mm. ball really quick. They put um, their back line under a lot of pressure and they failed. The Crows' back line didn't have a good game. Uh, obviously, their midfield was uh, was terrible as well. So, uh, look, I, I can only hope that we have a similar sort of uh, output from our midfield that Sydney got. Uh, put the Crows under a lot of pressure, get the ball quick forward and uh, try and put their defenders under a lot of pressure. Mm. Yeah. So... Um... Center clearance is important, you think, for the game? Very important, mate. Very important. Which is why I think it's interesting that the Crows dropped Frampton. Um, they've gone in with Riley O'Brien, who's um, had a great year last year, in his first full season last year. He's a mature age Actually, player. You were, a, you were a bit of a fan of his season last year, I noticed, earlier this week. Well, look, he had a really good you year. Thought, you no thought he was his that. most improved year. You saw some of the, some fans were bagging Riley O'Brien, and you came out and defended him. I wouldn't say defended, more just a statement of fact that look, he, you know, in the previous years he was an absolute shocking footballer with a terrible kick, um, but he improved out of sight to the point of pushing out Sam Jacobs out of the side for most of the season, and he ended up being traded. So, you know, he's worked his way into the number one spot at the Crows, and look, whilst his kicking is still, you know. How's your father? Um, you know, he is a decent enough ruckman. He's now getting in sort of good position around the ground. And especially if Scott Lysett's coming in with a bit of an injury cloud, which uh, apparently he might be, uh, I think it's a bit strange that they dropped Frampton. And uh, I don't know. I reckon it would have been interesting to see how Lysett went with uh, 
two of their rucks sort of uh, pounding into him. So you still reckon, because Lysett had a niggle at the start of the season as well. Yeah. So he's still got a bit of a, what, ankle niggle. Well, the, the news was sort of saying earlier in the week that he was, um, you know, it was 50-50 whether he was going to play or not. Um, but look, he's been named. Um, we'll see how he goes. Who's who's our emergencies, Macro? Because I'm on the phone. I don't so know, I don't... actually. I don't know. It's not come up on the AFL website that I'm looking at at the moment. So, oh, okay. I'm not sure. So I, I just wonder if, like, because they don't have a strong ruck battery, if he was 50% injured or char. Why wouldn't we have just backed in Laddams, who was showing great improvement last year and against a more younger uh, rock combination with the Crows? Well, look, Lossett had a great game against Ryan last week, uh, sorry, last year, and was one of our best players in our showdown win. Um, so he's got good form against the Crows and against Riley O'Brien. So that's why I'm happy that he's still being named. And uh, yeah, hopefully we go from there. Or is a conservative Kenny coming back out again? Conser- oh, I don't think so. We know I he think... likes his tried and true. Yeah, we like I... it. He likes his tried and true players, though. He does. He does. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still not finding play, any. But... <laughs> I'm still not finding any emergencies. So I don't know who our emergencies oh. are, mate. But if we do have anyone listening, and if there is anyone on the chat, maybe they can tell us if the emergencies have been announced. But. Um, um, just off the, the game style, what do you think of the rumour that Ken created COVID to save his job this year? <laughs> well, look, we've been top of the ladder for, what, a record amount of weeks now. So um, that uh, seems to have worked. Is he safe now for 2021? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so yet. I wouldn't go that far. No? Nah. No, no. Can, I, I Didn't Fossey so. come out and say that he was safe? I don't think so. Did he? Or is that, or is that just? I thought he came out and said that he would be safe for twenty twenty one. Or is that just Koshy doing a bit of uh, grandstanding for the media? Might just be Koshy. I think I don't know. Look, I, f- I finally found our emergencies on an app. So it's Kane, Kane Farrell, Sam Mays, Peter Laddams, Jared Liner. So Laddams, Laddams is obviously there in case Lysa doesn't get up for whatever reason. Look, Mazes is, uh, is around the mark. So no, Sam Mays, well, I the, think mid, a lot the of midfielder, support, not a lot the support. ruckman. Ah, oh, sorry, I was thinking of Sam Hayes, no, the ruckman. I was going to say that's amazing. Mm. I want to see Hazy play. <clears throat> I'm excited. The big fella. So do I. And I see Robbie Gray's back fit. No Gray's toe. Fit. No toe. No, toe's good, which is good. Uh, the showdown king. So, yeah, look, I'm pretty happy with our lineup going in. Um, the Crows are obviously a bit young, uh, a bit inexperienced. I think we've got a bit more experience than they do. Um, I'm liking our midfield. I think we should match up pretty well against theirs. Uh, I think our forward line is where we're going to win it. I think our back line's good enough to keep theirs under wraps. Um yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting showdown, but we do know that the Crows like to be under the pump coming into these sorts of games. Um, and they do often uh, come away with victories in showdowns where it doesn't look like they should. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know Norm, that is the norm. And uh, I felt violated when you told me they're leading uh, the ledger by one game after such a dominant start to... You know, the whole showdown era. It's awful to think that they're beating us by one now. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, look, I, I'm quite confident, Macca, that uh, Port will accommodate this side pretty well. I, I just, you know, I think our lines are too strong. Um, yeah, and I think if Hinkley can have the boys playing like they did in round one, um, I think it will be a game style that will be too strong for a younger crow side. I'm very confident. Yeah. We just need to play and confidently. That's that's our issue, you know. We've seen over yes. the last few years how we're sort of one week we look like world beaters, the next week we come out, you know, a bit timid, um, a bit soft and, you know, we we end up losing because of it. So, you know, hopefully we can uh, grow on the form that we got in round one, even though that was what, two months ago now. 
And, well, you have uh, to change the uh, you have going. to change your terminology now. It's not like you know one week we come out well beaters, the next week we come out uh, inconsistent. It's now one month you know, <laughs> yeah. we come out well beaters, and three months later, who knows? Mm. <laughs> so how I don't know. Are you worried about this game? Not really, no. Mm. Um, like I said, I, I just think new coach. They haven't really been able to train in excess together as a group like nobody has. So um, I think Port, with a very experienced side, um, you know, they should have the maturity in the playing group, I would hope, um, to be able to gel faster um, in relation to game play and strategy and all that sort of stuff. If if they can't, if Port, if the Port players come out um, disjointed and confused and not able to gel. Uh, compared to the Crows, I'd be very disappointed because yeah. um, the amount of experience we've got, um, yeah, that should – I don't believe that should be happening. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, would you agree with that or you? I'm happy for you to tear me the shreds if you want to. No, um, look, the big worry for me is that um, I've – you know, in the last 15 years, I've only seen three showdown wins live. That's the big concern mm. for me. <laughs> Yeah, right. I think yeah. I'm, I think I'm about three twelve or something like that. That's the record that I've had in the last fifteen years of going to bloody showdown. So it's it's not a good record. And as mm. I'm going to this game, it's uh, it's a bit of a concern, mate. It's a bit of a concern. But um, yes. on a more serious note, uh, look, as I said, we should we should be winning this game. We absolutely, if if we want to make finals this year, this is the sort of game we have to win. No no doubt about that at all. I'll be very disappointed if we don't win. As I said, we mm. our, our midfield's very good. I think it should be should be beating theirs. We've got goal kickers up forward. Uh, we've got a, a solid defence. Uh, we've got good players on the bench. Um, you know, they they're bringing in a lot of young talent. Um, I guess maybe the concern, looking at it from a crow's point of view, is that you know they they generally don't play two really bad games in a row, especially their midfield. Like their midfield was really well down. Guys like O'Brien um, and Crouch, um, Malera, these sorts of guys. Brody Smith barely had a kick. You know they're, they're going to be under the pump, and they're not going to want to play two bad games in a row. Uh, same mm. with guys in their defensive group. Jake Kelly had an absolute stinker on Isaac Heaney. Um, he's he's going to want to you know pull back from that. Um, Taylor Walker kicked two goals in the first quarter, and then pretty much didn't touch it for the rest of the game. Same with Darcy Fogarty. You know they're going to want to. They got a point to prove. Um, so I guess it depends how fired up they are of um, you know trying to kickstart their season against us. Well, I guess in recent history they've got their drive from us in the back lines, haven't they? From the half back flank, you know, your your Ratkins and your Brody Smith, and you know they've yeah. been able to run the lines, get free, get a lot of ball, and and penetrate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you'd think if we can if we can sort of stop that, and that's where that crab sort of chip kicking play probably isn't really going to be to their advantage against us because that that run and carry that they've had against us in previous years from the half-back has really been the troublesome thing for us. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, yeah, if we can sort of curtail that, I think that's probably a long way to go to winning the game, really. Yeah. Look, if, if we win the midfield battle, which I hope we do, um, we know that we are a really good side at, Keeping the ball in our forward half, we were even though we didn't make the finals last year. I think we were in the top two or three at um, you know time in possession, time in forward half um, across the league. So we know that if we can win the ball, get it up forward, we're going to keep it there, and hopefully that means we win the game as a result of that. Mm. Yep. But I mean, our, our midfield is, I would have thought, much stronger than theirs. Mm. Yeah. So. Ruck, experienced midfield players. I'm really excited to be seeing Travis. Um, you know, at the end of his career, I think he's in fantastic form. Um, so, uh, I mean, who do you think they'll put on Travis, who's been in great form last year and started the season well again? Um, do you think they can nullify him? I'm not sure. Maybe someone like Rory Sloan usually goes up against Boak, I think. Um, so I think they'll probably play him. On him, um, yeah. Who they play on Robbie Gray? I'm not too sure. Jake Kelly did the job on Isaac Heaney, and Heaney kicked four goals. He's 
probably the most like for like with Robbie Gray. So um, I'm kind of expecting maybe Kelly or I don't know, maybe they might try Luke Brown to see if they, he can sort of shut him out of the game up forward. Uh, Connor Rosie's going to be important for us, I think, with his run through the midfield and, and up forward. Um, guys like Dersmer and Amon on the wings, they're, they're going to be important to try and stop guys like Seedsman and Smith and Malera from getting too much of the bowl and uh, and using their run and carry as well. Are you going to miss um, Eddie Betts? No. <laughs> no, def- no, definitely I'm not. not. I'm not going to miss. I'm not going to miss the uh, the Eddie special and the. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, how we couldn't have a player to match up on him for the last ten years always uh, astounds me. I think we have to go back probably to Jacob Surgeon as probably the closest player in recent time to be able to match up on Eddie Betts. <laughs> and he, he didn't even play a game against him in the Crows, so there you go. I know. There you go. <laughs> but I think that's the only player that we have. Well, outside of Wilbur, but that yeah. that's a bit far-fetched, I know. Well, they've got Lockie <laughs> Murphy up forward, who's, uh, I don't know, barely an AFL player. They've got um, McHenry in his first game, so he might uh, get a few well, kicks. Well, what about in. McHenry? You're the, you're the draft man. Mm. What sort well, of player look, are we going to... Ex- See. Well, he's kind of a bit like a Hayden Ballantyne type. You know, he's short. He's a bit of a nugget. Uh, loves to tackle. Loves the defensive pressure. Um, that sort of thing. Uh, so he's that sort of nuggety player. Yeah. Feisty. Oh, a little bit feisty. Yeah. Doesn't take a backward step. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Didn't have a great season last year at SNFL level, but. Um, I don't know, he gets his chance this week with Stengel out, so. Okay. So are you worried? I know you I know you like to be worried, but are you actually worried? Let's do our prediction. Who's gonna win? Well, I'm picking Port. How many points? Port by one fifty in our one fifty. Oh, how good would that be? Take off take off a zero, maybe port by fifteen. Port by fifteen. Am I worried? Yes, I am worried. I'm always worried at showdowns. I'm worried because I'm going to a showdown and I've got a shit record in <laughs> in almost two decades <laughs> of going to them. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a concern. And uh, my prediction is Adelaide Crows by eight points. Get out of here. <laughs> Don't be crazy. Crows by eight, mate. That's just, that's just outrageous. They will not win. Let alone by eight points. We've said this so many times but, on the podcast, and then the next week we're going, how on earth did we lose that game? So It would have no, to be no the guarantee. fix of all fix. All right. No guarantees. That's just outrageous. So who's <laughs> going to be the showdown medalist then? Showdown medalist will be Matt Crouch. Matt Crouch. If, if the Crows yeah. win, it'll be Matt Crouch. If we win, I'm going to say, I don't think it'll be Robbie this time. I think it'll be either Boak um, or it might be Rockliffe. That's my guess. I'm going to go Dan Houston. The Houston, yeah. Dan. The Texan. I reckon, he's going to, I reckon he's going to get his first. I mean, it's a big call, but so far from what I've seen with Dan in the middle, he seems a little bit vanilla. I prefer him on the halfback flank. Uh, yeah, look, vanilla's sometimes good. Like, I don't know. I think he's doing okay. I don't think he had a great game in round one. Um, but he still got a fair bit of the ball and did what he had to do. He did. He did. Um, I mean, he's a great user of the ball. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Dan. But yeah. I just think, like, I just found, I thought he read, he looked like he read the play better at the half-back line. He was able to use his overhead marking uh, as a strength. His uh, His... Delivery was amazing, um, and I know we've got a fair few halfback flankers, uh, which is uh, pretty much the Ken Hinckley history. Um, mm. But uh, I don't know. I just yeah, I just thought Dan was like a key pillar back there, and we didn't really need to move him unless we just did it because we know we're offloading up Holly, and so we're just trying to transition him. Well, what's the worst? What's been the worst part of our side over the last? You know, five or six years. It's been delivery inside fifty. It's been terrible. And hey, why not move the best kick in our team into a midfield position so that instead of kicking 
you know, from the defensive 50 into the midfield, he's kicking from the midfield into the forward 50 and hitting targets mm. inside 50. So, look, I, yeah. I don't expect him to get 30 touches a game. If he's only a 19-touch player, then that's still 19 elite touches going inside 50 as opposed to yes. anywhere else. So That is correct. How's our um, Port Fan Radio comrades? They, uh, they're all... They all seem up and about and excited about the season starting, right. aren't they? We've had quite a bit of interest in the uh, in the Port Fan Radio chat room, which is great. Uh, a lot of people saying hello. Um, Interstater yes. has said uh, Crows players, uh, they're playing nine players with less than 50 games. Uh, we've got, on average, 30 more games per player than what they do, 116-86 going into this game. Very astute um, observation, that one, yes. He's also said, uh, with a Brown, a Smith and a Jones, are the Crows the most bland-sounding team in the AFL? Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. And a Henry. <laughs> absolutely, they are. Uh, he's yeah. picking Port by 34 points. Uh, yes. Leopard Butters Stotch has picked Butters for the showdown medal, which is great. Yes. Um, and... What else? Johnny has said apparently Ollie. This is going back to what we were saying about Ollie Wines, but uh, apparently Ollie wasn't selected for the game anyway. It is farcical that he would be banned and the Crows players would get off um, in the peak of the coronavirus, even though they were intentionally trying to get a competitive advantage. Um, yeah, which we obviously agree a hundred percent. But I thought I thought that wasn't the case. I thought it was just a innocuous accident, and they didn't realise they were breaking the rules. Look, they were just practicing their short game on the third freeway, uh, <laughs> third fairway at, uh, at Barossa Golf Club. That's uh, that's what they were doing, mate. They they, they had the the seven iron out and uh, were trying to hit the green. That's all they were doing. <laughs> One load of rubbish. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk oh, about well. some uh, questions from Big Footy and Long Live PFC yes. has asked a couple. He said, uh, "Should Brad still get a gig even if uh, Dixon is back?" Who? Brad Ebert. Brad? Yep. Well, he had a good first game, didn't he? He did. He was very good. He was very good. I was very. I was critical of him playing. I didn't want him playing. Um, but based on his round one game, you can't, you know, you can't he, him, he right. sort of justifies his spot, right? The question will be if, uh, assu- if, uh, if Georgiades is fit for the next game, whether that's next week or next year. Um, whether Brad Ebert gets um, gets dropped then or not, and whether Georgiades comes straight back in. That's well, it depends question. on the makeup of the side, but we really need to be transitioning some of these players into the side. So, um, yeah, but they still need to be. It still needs to be on form too, right? But I guess man, it's so hard now because when's the SANFL start? Well, we're not playing in the SANFL, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it oh, regardless, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that. So. Mm. There is no SA NFL, is there? No. So, man, how's it? So, it's basically what training form, and that's it. So, um, yeah, but we need to really um, transition you know, a couple of those old fellas through and uh, and get those young boys in. And I really want to see Mitch playing. I love I love what he does. So, and uh, yeah. I guess it, it probably is a Brad for Mitch, right? Yeah, I would think so. In, in time. Johnny in the uh, chat room has said, uh, this is the shittest Crows team of all time and I'm still not confident. I hear you, mate. I hear you. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, come on. You guys are bloody pessimistic. <laughs> we'll be fine. That's it. Um, Long live PAFC has also said, has Soto's embraced the plant-based craze and started serving plant-based fish? Um, no, we serve fish-based fish and it tends to work pretty well for us, so... But I think, some, but I think some we'll of stick to that. fish do eat plants. Most likely, yeah. Most likely. <laughs> so we'll, we'll stick to proper fish and um, and we'll go from there, I think. I'll tell you what, I, when I was full vegetarian in, in America a couple of years ago and um, you know, we went to one of those Beyond Burger places at mm. Deerfield Beach in Florida and... Uh, it was actually amazing. Like those patties are just like complete meat replicas, and mm. you eat it, and it's like it even looks red. And it sort of made me think, like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I might as well just eat meat. Well <laughs> you eat know, meat. it's that's just it. crazy. But yeah, mm. no, that's right. Look, we've got a veggie burger at work, and it's very nice. It's got chickpeas and uh, lentils and all that sort of stuff in it. It's uh, it's pretty tasty, actually. It's pretty good. Good work. 
That's it. Uh, can Rick outline how to use some creative accounting to qualify for the renovations grants? You can lie. <laughs> as, I said possibly someone, go wrong? as I said to someone not long ago, um, you can claim and do whatever you want. It's, it's only when you face judgment day and you get asked questions by the ATO that it becomes problematic. Um, but it's an interesting one, right? I've actually had a few people um, contact me saying, oh, we're thinking about spending 150000 to get the twenty five grand on mm. their house. And um, I would say for 80% of the properties in Adelaide, it's, a, it's probably a crazy thing to do um, because wage growth has been negligible and therefore that's influenced in most suburbs, uh, the property price growth. Um, so it's been relatively flat, especially for the last 10-year period. And so yeah. in a lot of, especially in the the outer ring suburbs, when you go like 7, 9Ks out from the CBD, spending um, spending about 150000 plus, unless you're subdividing and building a new house, you're significantly overcapitalizing on your property and you're probably unlikely to get that back in the short term. And therefore, you're better off just selling your house and just buying a new house um, with the mod cons that you're looking for. Um, because, yeah, the chances are you're not going to get it back. And for everyone that thinks that the house that you live in is your forever house, the average Australian migrates homes every uh, nine years. So uh, before the GFC, which was 10 years ago, it was seven years. Right. So, uh, and then when I, when I was sharing that story with someone, um, I've owned four houses myself and have done them since 2000 and also rented two or three places. So it shows how transient um, I am anyway, but how uh, more transient we are as people. So, yeah, skip the 25 grand and just upgrade your house or build a new one. You can get it that way. Hmm. There you go. Uh, Shorts and Fest has asked, uh, how many players will Billy Frampton punch during the game? His prediction is three port players and one crow. Uh, Look, he's not playing. So that would (laughs) limit it to quarter-time breaks if there's a bit of a brawl there. And then I would say probably nine port players and four crows players. Maybe us if he's sitting next to us in the crowd. (laughs) Yes, maybe us. That That would be something. That would be something. Uh, Andre's asked, should we play two rucks given Adelaide's lack of ruck depth and grind Rob into the dust? It's going to rain, right? It is going to rain. It is. Of I'm, course. It is, no, it is I'm all up for the double, the double whammy, the Lysett-Laddams duo. I'm all up for that. But, uh, yeah, not sure this week. Hey, Mecca, do you, do you think the rain could affect the crowd numbers this week? <laughs> yeah. Look, I'd be shocked if there's more than 2,000 people there, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Rage has come on, Macca. We'd never, no matter how bad we are, we'd never just get 2,000 people to a game. That's just bloody crazy. Look, I think at most it'll be about 2,250. So that's, that's probably what we're looking at. That's my prediction anyway. Call me crazy, but, uh, you know. Uh, last question we got for this evening is from uh, Mundusa. And that is, uh, sorry if it's been asked before, but will the trial game be broadcast anywhere? That's obviously the Port and Crows Reserves trial game. From what I read, it's not being recorded. Obviously, the club might record it for um, you know, for training purposes, but I don't think it's being broadcast anywhere, um, unlike the pre-season one, which was on YouTube. I don't think that's going to happen this week. Mm. Which is a shame, because I'd be up for watching it, for sure. How many games of footy are you going to watch this weekend, Macca? Um, Probably about three, I would say. Yeah, you got to work too, though, don't you, you poor bugger? Yep. So did you have to change shifts to get Saturday night off? No, I've luckily been having Saturdays off lately, so which is good. I've got a bit of a bad hand, so... Giving it a bit of a so how extra, extra how are we gonna how's the crowd how's the crowd gonna be spread out for this game? Do you think they're gonna are they gonna stop people sitting within like ten meters of the fence so there can be no spitting at the players or something like well, that? Well, they've already said like there's no ground level seats at all. It's all gonna be the top mm. couple of tiers, and it's gonna be right. 
every third seat and every second row. So, yeah, that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Interesting. So how do, how do friends talk to each other? Is it pigeon mail? Send oh, pigeons? Yes. Um, text? I think text, yeah. Or shouting, one or the other. So. <laughs> it should be good. Look, I think that's all I've hey, got Ellie, for this uh, evening, mate. So, yeah. Let's, uh, so just, that's another, just another quick tip, because I've, been, I've spoken to probably 300 potential first home buyers um, this week. Um, just so everyone, if you are looking to use the grants that are available, owner occupiers that have had the first home buyer grant can still get the twenty five thousand odd grant, right? And uh, and so as long as they've got some savings, um, there are still some low funding options like Home Start that are available. Yep. Uh, if you are a first home buyer, you can get up to fifty thousand dollars in the grants through the building contribution plus the fifteen thousand first home buyers grant plus the twenty five thousand grant um there are some i've done some deals with developers to help uh people um who have can't get the first home buyers grant one one developer's given like because they just want to move stock at this time of the year uh, a seventeen and a half thousand five percent uh grant like a first like a savings deposit for a 340 property so there are deals to be made out there for owner occupiers and first home buyers and also investors there's some good rebates going around because you know because the economy slowed down and the land tax changes these guys just want to move stuff so there's a good opportunity and there's lots of buyers out there at the moment so if you are thinking of selling um and you do want to upgrade downgrade whatever uh, putting my real estate agent hat on even though i'm not actually a licensed real estate agent but i own a real estate agency um now is the time to be putting your house on the market because there's friggin buyers everywhere it's crazy there you go. Can't believe it, Macca. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Unbelievable. And tax season ain't far away. Oh, my God. Shoot me now. <laughs> that's true. Shoot me that's now. That's true. Ugh, that's crazy. It's going to be there like Soto's on a summer night. That's it. But, yeah, that's it. I'm about done, too. Hot tips, mate. There we go. Hot tips. Oh, the other hot tip is that really that... Um, that increase in the home office claim probably isn't of benefit to people because if you do that, you won't be able to claim like your internet, phone and usage and all that sort of stuff. Yep. So the 80, the 80 cents per hour ratio probably won't equate to the same amount as your normal claims. So, yeah, but I guess it's a matter of just doing the maths and just checking. But yep. Anyway... That's about it. I'm sure people don't want to hear too much about finance and bullshit. So, uh, yeah, enjoy the game on Saturday. I will be, and I'm looking forward to it. It will be great. I can't believe we're going. We'll see you. uh, Fantastic. We'll see you at the Queen's Head. We'll have a beer and a pizza before the game. (laughs) That's it. Let's do it. All righty. Done. Done. Until next time, come the pair. Sports.